All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Daily Face Off Live. It is Wednesday, March 15th. It's Matt Larkin here, joined by Stephen Ellis, our prospect analyst and associate editor. And Stephen, it was a busy night in the NHL, a newsworthy morning. I want to get your reaction on a scale of 1 to 10. How excited are you for this draft lottery coming May 8th? Oh, you don't even know how excited I am. This is awesome. This is, this is the year that we've been building for for almost three or four years at this point. Okay, we're going to throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. We're going to stick with generational talents as our theme, Stephen. We're going to start it off today with Connor McDavid. He finally hits the 129-point mark. He does it in game 68 of the season. He beats Nikita Kucherov's record for the most in any season of the salary cap era. It's beyond that, though, Stephen. It's the most in any season since Mario Lemieux in 95-96. So I want to know, Stephen, do you think that Connor McDavid right now is having the best season individually of the the century is it longer what's your reaction well definitely the salary cap um obviously like you know when you look back at like the 0506 season when it seemed like everyone was scoring a ton of goals and yager was doing it and jonathan chichu joe thornton guys like that look like we were going to see this nice resurgence in offense and then it started to kind of die down a little bit we were seeing guys leading the league with under 100 points but to see that kind of ramp up again and see the best player in the world doing what he's doing is unbelievable and i think the question now like he's going to hit 130 obviously but can he hit 150 
I think that's something that would be very interesting to see, especially when you're seeing what, you know, Connor Bedard, the next phenom, doing what he's doing in the WHL, those numbers. It'd be cool to see the next big superstar and the current big superstar going out there and putting up records in their respective leagues. Well, obviously, we're not going to see a record this year, but I guess in the salary cap era. But to see what McDavid's doing this year, he's just like, how does he keep getting better? It doesn't make sense. He's just that good. He's unbelievable. And you mentioned 150 points. The pace right now is 156, and that would eclipse Steve Eiserman from 1989 for the highest total ever by a non-Gretzky or Lemieux player. That's how good McDavid is being. I look at some other seasons this millennium that really stand out. Chris Pronger winning the MVP in 2000. I think Tim Thomas 2011, Vezina Trophy and the Consumite Trophy. Even Kale McCarr last year was a pretty legendary mm -hmm. season. But I think you can really make a case that McDavid is having the best season of the century, especially when you compare him to his competition. So right now, if you look at the margin between him and Leon Dreisaitl, if you continue their scoring pace for the rest of the season, McDavid is on pace to win the Art Ross Trophy by 35 points. That would be the most ever by a player who wasn't named Wayne Gretzky. It would be the most by anyone in 36 years. So McDavid is just on another planet right now. And I think it's fair to say this is the best season of the century. The only comparison would be the mini season in 2020-21. His pace was right there as well. He was just as dominant that year, but he's up against himself. I think we can agree that McDavid right now is the most dominant player. I think it's it's getting past Mario Lemieux. He's going to equal Mario Lemieux in career scoring titles this season and Gordy Howe. I think it's now just McDavid and Wayne Gretzky neck and neck. Unbelievable story. So, Stephen, we have the GM meetings going on this week, of course. Gary Bettman speaking earlier this morning, and he addressed, to, talking to reporters, the salary cap. Right now, the increase is still slated to be just $1 million for next season. However, he did indicate that there is some possible room for negotiation. We have Marty Walsh coming in as executive director of the NHLPA. He starts next Monday. He hasn't started his job yet, but there could be a possibility of negotiating with the players to make that cap go up. To me, it begs the question, okay, then what does the NHL get in return? We know the escrow debt is mostly paid off there. Would there be another concession that the league wants? There's an opportunity to exploit that if the players really want this cap to increase. But what I want to ask you, Steve, and I want to move forward, and let's say there is a negotiation that increases the cap next year beyond $1 million. Is there a team that you think is crossing its fingers right now that you think is going to benefit the most if the cap goes up? So there's the obvious teams. There's the teams like Tampa, Toronto, Vegas, the teams that are kind of going out there and and that have been playing like really at the line for the last couple of years. They'll get some extra benefit there. But then I feel like they also be the teams that will continue to try to not, not exploit it, but they're going to continue to get as close on line as possible year after year and put themselves in similar situations. The team I'm most excited about, though, the Buffalo Sabres. It's actually the team right now with the most salary cap space for next year to begin with, with about $20 million. But this is one where uh, next year, you know, the, the, this this coming summer, they don't have to worry about a lot of big contracts. They got guys like Dylan Cousins and Tage Thompson signed long term. But you're going to have to worry about uh, the year after when you're looking at Darlene and Power and Middlestead and Krebs having to make some deals for them. And of course, you're going to have guys like Devin Levi in the in the fold. And you're going to be having a lot of young guys that are going to be needing contracts in the next couple of years. At the same time, I think they can be a big time 
buyer. Um, so any extra space will give them that flexibility. You know, there's been rumors like, oh, would Patrick Kane go to the Buffalo Sabres? You know, the Buffalo boy, this is a team on the rise. He'd be a good piece there. And I feel like this is they're finally in a spot where they could start spending and bringing in the quality players. So the extra cap space, I think, makes it uh, easy. And maybe they don't have to worry about the ramifications of signing their young guys to long-term deals. So uh, I like what it, kind of the future is looking like for Buffalo. And I know I, I know it's not maybe the team that's most benefited from it, but it's the one I'm most excited to see with extra space. Yeah, I think the Sabres are a good pick. I also have my eye on the Florida Panthers. I think the perception, if you look at what they did last offseason, the wild offseason, of course, moving Uyghur and Jonathan Huberto, bringing in Matthew Kachuk, I think there's a perception with that organization that they are almost willing to take a step back to go forward later. And they have their eye on this coming off season. They have some big money coming off the books. So that's a team that could sort of surprise everyone. We know there's a lot of talent there. I could see the Panthers loading up. So Steven, I want to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. They've been very newsworthy all season long. And interestingly, since the trade deadline passed, since Rick Tockett came in, things have actually settled down. I feel like we haven't been talking about the Canucks as much. And the vibes are suddenly good. They're feeling good out there. And JT Miller, the grumpy man, JT Miller himself, was speaking earlier this week saying that he feels like it's fun to come to the rink again. We see under Rick Tockett, 11-7-2 record. So there is a bump now in the standings for the Canucks. But I'm curious. We've seen this story before, Stephen. They were better under Bruce Boudreau after the coaching change last year. And it didn't carry over into this season. So do you believe that this team is actually changing its identity and showing really encouraging signs? Or is it just, eh, the pressure's off. This team can always do well when there's no pressure. I, I think I'm leaning towards there being no pressure. Obviously, you did a story looking at the coaching bump after a change, and it's a real thing. And that's kind of what we're seeing here with the Canucks. At the same time, you know, this is a team that I don't think, like, obviously, it's, it's not a great team. There's a lot of flaws with it. But I don't think it's as bad as it was looking. At a certain point, it was clear they were going to make a coaching change. It felt like the team kind of just gave up. They were just kind of looking for that next change. It was just so many rumors, so many stories, so many controversies on and off the ice. It was like something's got to change here at something at some point, and they did. But you know, you still got a team of Elias Pettersson who's could hit 100 points this year. You got JT Miller who, when he's playing really good, he's well over a point per game player. Uh, Andre Kuzmenko, a good huge piece of that team. Quinn Hughes. And then you look at Thatcher Demko, a guy that was supposed to be kind of the, the future of this team in net. And I, my theory is kind of like the same thing with Jack Campbell. I think he was never 100%. Like Jack Campbell last year when he was uh, playing well with the Leafs, then everything kind of fell apart and then he was out for a while. I have my theory that for Demko, this is a guy who was just playing injured much longer than we kind of were aware of because we know how good he was, and he just did not look comfortable in the net. He wasn't moving like he could. So while I do think this is still a, a team with a lot of talent, and I, I do like what they are capable of maybe doing the next couple of years, there's still a lot of work to be done, and I think you got to do more than just a coaching change, and they did that. So we'll see, but I'm, I, I, I don't – you always see these kind of – games like Chicago a couple years ago was a good example when Eric Gustafson was putting up points every single night. It's kind of like when you get to a point where the games, you're not going to make the playoffs and just you could try whatever. Uh, it seems like you play a bit better in that case. There's less pressure, but I, I, there's still a lot of work to go with this team. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think uh, the Canucks still have to earn my trust after what they showed last year. Big improvement under Boudreaux. They have been under the hood much better defensively. They've actually been one of the best five-on-five -five defensive teams in the league under Tockett. They've been demons shorthanded with Miller and Pedersen leading the NHL in shorties since Rick Tockett 
took over. But again, I still question the mental toughness. I want to see what they do next year when there's actual pressure to perform because right now there is not pressure. So we will see. I wanted to talk about the Calder Trophy race, Stephen. And it's funny because there isn't much of a race this year, it seems. There have been a lot of good rookies in the year, but they're never all good for long enough, whether it's because of injuries, recalls, guys getting called late, different circumstances. It feels like Maddie Beneers is just running away with this thing. But is there anyone out there who at least deserves some consolation consideration? We see that leaderboard and Mason McTavish is creeping up. Mateus Michelli has been an interesting story in Arizona as well. But who's the guy for you that sort of deserves a little bit of underrated Calder Trophy discussion? Well, first off, uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about Michelli uh, online and people saying like he's got to get some Calder votes. I'm 100% on that boat. You know, obviously, I don't think he would have gotten the same amount of production or ice time on a more competitive team, but that's not his fault. He's out there. He's doing what he's doing with a team like Arizona. So he's been so much fun to watch. I think what a great pickup for them. But the guy that I'm thinking the most of right now is Jack Quinn. And, you know, the Buffalo Sabres, you're looking at this team, their future. I think the guy everyone was really keeping an eye on, obviously, was Owen Powell. And Owen Power's been great. You know, the offense not necessarily is there, but he's been dominant at points. But I'm going to go with Jack Quinn because this is a, someone who is going out there. He got a pretty quiet 30 points. And, you know, keep in mind, he had a really slow start to the season where it's like, okay, maybe this is going to take a bit. But he started to really look good the second half. You know, he's probably going to finish close to 17, 18 goals, which is not bad at all for a guy his age. And he was, when he was drafted, I think a lot of people were surprised he went uh, eighth overall especially over Marco Rossi, who was the better player on that same team that year. But Buffalo said, you know, this guy is going to be a big-time goal scorer. We need him. And, you know, as, as Victor Olsen's kind of fallen out of that goal-scoring uh, spot, I think Jack Quinn is going to be a huge part of this team's future. And like I was saying earlier, Buffalo, I feel like they've got the next couple of years is going to look really good for them. And Quinn's going to be a big part of that. So I think he deserves some attention. Yeah, I think you're right. And I can't remember the last time a player made the AHL look so easy as Quinn did oh, last yeah. year. So we saw the potential for the breakout. I want to single out Piotr, Piotr Kochekov in Carolina. I think he's been actually one of the better goaltenders in the NHL. He's started 20 games and he's gotten four shutouts. 25% of his games, his starts rather, are shutouts, 915 save percentage. He's been the best goaltender on that team. But because he's the waiver exempt one, he keeps getting pushed down by Frederick Anderson and Tiranta whenever they're healthy. And I think that will probably stop him from earning legitimate culture trophy consideration. I think he'll still get some down ballot votes, but maybe the sample size is going to be too small. It's too bad because if you look at the five and five numbers, goal stays above average, which to me is the best way to judge a goalie's performance. He's top 20 out of 70 goalies that have played at least 500 minutes this year. So he's one of the better goalies in the league. And it just feels like he's been overlooked because he just doesn't get to play enough. But shout out to you, Mr. Kuchetkov. Okay, Stephen, now it's time for the All 32 segment. We're going to bring in Ken Bolke to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights, who are a very interesting team right now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, it's time for our new segment of All 32, and we're bringing on, of course, Ken Bolke from Sinbid Vegas. Ken, how is life in the desert right now? It's good to have you on pretty good it's been raining a little bit recently which i don't know about that but other than that it's been great all right that's good to hear and i want to get this the discussion started with the vegas golden knights with jonathan quick we have to and it's so interesting because you hear about the intangible tangibles you look at the performance this year it was very weak he was one of the worst goalies in the league on the la kings people say it doesn't matter he's the ultimate gamer the revenge narrative is here and look what happens four starts and save percentage is 934-0. So I'm curious now, Ken, are we looking at a potential log jam down the road when everybody gets healthy in that crease? And who do you see as having the inside track to be the playoff starter? I thought the moment they made the trade that we were looking at a log jam, I actually thought there was a log jam before the trade, despite all the injuries. And I understand the idea of what they were trying to do when they made the trade. They needed to get someone in there so they weren't stuck with having absolutely nobody. But... Yeah, they are putting themselves in a position here where if everybody were to get healthy, it's going to be awfully difficult. I still think Thompson has the inside track, but every game quick plays that that playoff history, that cup, you know, pedigree is going to come into play. And I think it's very possible he takes the job and he starts the first game of the playoffs when we get there. Pavel Dorofeyev is a prospect that I was very high on when he got drafted. I was surprised he kind of fell to Vegas in the third round. Uh, he's only played five games this year, but he's got a couple points, and he's showing some nice promise. Do you see this as kind of like a blip, or do you anticipate him actually maybe being a top six, middle six guy? I think it's probably a blip for now. Like, I don't think he's quite ready to do this on a consistent basis as he has the last couple of games. We've seen some plays, though, that make you really think like, ooh, there is definitely something there. And we've seen that over the time of him coming up and then certainly in the AHL at different times. But I just don't think he's quite at that point yet. And I certainly think in a Bruce Cassidy system and with the way that he kind of brings young guys along, it's not exactly a get in there and play every single day. So I wouldn't expect him in the lineup to for too long. But I do think you're right that that there's definitely something there. He he has the ability to hold on to the puck in the offensive zone, which is not something we see a lot out of guys that come in uh, and are playing as, as young players. And he's been able to do it. So I would guess he probably will be a part of the future, but I don't think that he's going to be a huge part of what they're doing uh, maybe down the stretch and into the playoffs this year. 
Okay, and one question that actually ties to that when I'm looking at the right wing spot in particular in the in the top six, Ken, is Mark Stone. So of course we know he's on IR, LTIR after having the back surgery and of course the problems last year. So it's becoming a, a career threatening maybe complication in terms of his real long-term outlook. But I know as of about a month ago, there was discussion that it's still possible Vegas gets him back in time for the playoffs. So I'm curious, have you heard any updates and are you optimistic that he might be able to parachute into the playoffs just in time? The updates have continuously been ridiculously vague. Shout out to the Golden Knights. They love doing that. Uh, I don't expect that to change. I think at some point he will just magically appear on the ice in the middle of a, of a practice. I don't know when that's going to be. Uh, I do think he is going to get back on the ice before the Golden Knights are done this season. Whether he gets back in the NHL ice and into a game, I think that's still to be seen. The biggest question to me is when they put him back on the ice to practice, he's probably going to be okay in that scenario. It's just when they know to put him into a game, they're taking a big risk. And it's not just a risk on what he's going to look like. It's a risk on what the rest of his life is going to be. Because the next time something were to happen, if he has to have a third back surgery, things go really, really, really downhill badly. And he's potentially done. So I think they're going to want to take it really, really slow. But then there's also the part of me that knows Mark Stone's going to see a team winning in the playoffs, if that's what indeed does happen, the farther they get and say, I need to help this team. I can play. I want to. I'll take the risk. It would not shock me if he plays in the playoffs, but I don't think it's happening right away. Like I don't, I don't think this is going to be Kucherov where they plop them in there on April 17th. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think if they do make it around two rounds, certainly if they make it to the Stanley Cup final, he's going to want to play. And, and it wouldn't shock me if he gets in there. Mm -hmm. And Ken, before I let you go, uh, I just want to get your assessment of year one in terms of a full season of the Jack Eichel roller coaster, because there's moments at which he's looked like a world beater. There have been some prolonged slumps, some injury problems, and then back up on the roller coaster. So what's your overall assessment on how he's looked and how he fits into the long-term puzzle for Vegas so far? I think the more you watch him, the more you understand what Buffalo fans have been telling us forever. You know, like everyone watches the guy and you see the parts of his game that it's like, this guy is it. This guy is elite. This is what you need. And then, like you said, over the course of a season, there are moments where you're like, man, what are we doing here? There was one last night where he picked the puck up behind his own goal and just kind of stood there and a flyer took it and put it right in the middle. And it should have probably been a goal if not for Jonathan Quick. Don't know where he came from. Still, still can't believe that's real life, but he makes the stop. It's just, he he is an elite player. He has elite tendencies. It's just whether it's going to be turned on every single night. And I think it is getting better. Like as we've gone over the course of the season, we've seen more and more of him being more consistent, doing the things that, that make him good on both ends. We just don't know what it's going to look like in the playoffs. Like that's what we have not seen ever. And those are going to be the moments where the games are going to get tighter. He's going to have to make more of these plays more consistently. We're going to see. I don't expect it to be a point per game output in the playoffs, but I do expect him to be their best scorer. I see. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's going to be very interesting to see. And, and I do think we don't really know who he is until he's in those those deep waters in the playoffs. Ken, outstanding insight. Love that you bring the passion as well. And keep up the great work at Sinbin Vegas. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
Okay, Stephen, it's time for the Ask DFO inbox question. This is one that's been on my mind for a while as we get to the stretch run, start looking at those wild card standings. And I'm curious for you, if you are one of the top dogs, the Boston Bruins, one of those teams that finishes as a high seed in the playoffs, who is the opponent that you don't want to be your quote unquote reward for finishing high? Who is that tough out, that scary underdog matchup in your mind? It's tough because there's a few of them. Like the first two that came to mind were Florida and Buffalo. Buffalo because I, I, this is becoming an all Buffalo episode at this point. But I, I just <laughs> their defense can be very scary at points. But for me, I'm gonna go with Florida. This is a team that's got one of the top scorers in the league in Matt Kachuk. Aaron Eckblad, you know, still is Aaron Eckblad. The goaltending is very hit or miss, and we know that that's been an issue, I think, for the Panthers and why they're trying to chase the, a spot in the playoffs. And at one point, it looked like they were going to fall in the bottom 10 of the league. Um, but, I, you know, Florida is just too good of a team to have just been this bad this year. And you said it on the show a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, a couple months ago, that they were going to be able to fight their way and make the playoffs. And when you've played that much hockey where you've had to to kind of not survive, but have to push the envelope, you're not just kind of riding on these streaks. You're having to grind every single night to get every single point. I think that matters. So, uh, you know, Florida could stay healthy. That's a group where I would not want to play them. Yeah, that's very interesting. And it's funny, I looked at the standings and I thought, should I just be a jerk and say Colorado? I don't think that's fair. I think that's cheating because technically Colorado is bouncing around. They're in the third spot, but they could easily drop into a wild card position. I feel like it doesn't count for the sake of this exercise. Even Edmonton is the same. So the team that I'm looking at is actually the New York Islanders. And it's funny because I've been pretty critical of the Islanders. I don't think they should have made the Bo Horvat trade. I still don't think they should have made that trade given the age of a lot of their roster. That said, if this team gets into the playoffs, they are interesting to me as a potential upset team because they're very deep, of course, at center. We already know that with Horvat coming in. Matt Barzal, of course, has a chance to be back in time for the playoffs. I like their top four on D, but mainly it's the Ilya Sorokin factor in net. If you are facing the Islanders, if you have an elite goaltender, Sorokin can match that goaltender and cancel that goalie out. If your goaltending is subpar, the Islanders will have an advantage. And this reminds me of the New York Rangers team last year that was poor in terms of their analytical numbers, but they had the Vezina Trophy winner in, in Igor Shesterkin as the great equalizer. They end up going to the Eastern Conference final. And I think the Islanders are a team that if they can get in, they have that potential to surprise, even if I don't love their long-term forecast. So that's my team to watch. And now it's time, of course, for our daily betting segment. We're going to bring in Mr. Tyler Uremchuk. Yes, there another profitable night for me. It's been a run this week of I basically go one and one every night, but I've been exclusively betting on plus money bets. So I've been coming out ahead more often than not. We'll look to keep that rolling here tonight with a couple of plays. The first one, not a plus money bet over courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada, but it's the over between Buffalo and Washington. These two teams, it's kind of just been 50-50 on the over-under over their last five, six games. But in their last five games, the Caps have averaged 7.2 total goals per game. The Sabres have averaged 6.8 total goals per game. So there's been some really high-scoring games in there, and I like the two of them to collide for a lot of offense again tonight. I'm taking over 6.5 between Buffalo and Washington. And then I'm heading to a player prop, and it's Jacob Verana's shot prop. He's played four games now since being moved to the St. Louis Blues, and he's hit this mark in three of those four games. It's been six shots, four shots, three shots, and then one last timeout. So I like him in a bit of a bounce back spot to go over two and a half. And our friends at Points Bet Canada actually have it up at uh, plus 115. So there's a little plus money juice for you on a Wednesday night. The Verana shot prop in the over between Buffalo and Washington. 
I like it. Thanks, Tyler. And Verona already showing, already suggesting that that was a wise buy low by the St. Louis Blues. I really like it. That's right, already, and retaining some salary the other way as well. So very tidy work by Doug Armstrong. Thank you, Tyler. And Stephen, we're going to finish it off. Okay, here's a sentence that a couple days ago would have made no sense to me, but I'm going to utter it to you now. Uh, you have some thoughts on the Big City Greens Classic. And for the uninitiated, that is the live 3D animated stream that was run by Disney and ESPN last night of the Capitals-Rangers game. You had chickens instead of referees. You had 3D graphics following along with the stream it was really fun but i know you have some thoughts on it so give me your take on this steven first off saying the chickens <laughs> yeah that, that part was hilarious yeah so I, I can't say i'm a huge fan of big city greens i have no idea what that is or anything about it but watching that game last night was honestly some of the most fun i've had watching an nhl game in a while uh rangers and capitals and they had some players that were like like replaced by characters of the show like shesterkin was this was grandma that was the character who was an old lady going up there just making some huge saves and can't say it was a goalie uh, uh powerhouse there bill wasn't very good there for washington but it was just so cool to see the technology in motion i'm someone who loves kind of seeing the next wave of technology i'm a big fan of vr i like following ar um electric cars things like that like the next steps of what we're going to see in technology so seeing this and how they used the puck tracking technology to make that work was really cool. Now I do hope we get to see more public uses of puck tracking that isn't that because it did, you know, the as fun as it was to watch, it was kind of funny watching players looking like at the boards when they're taking a shot or completely not paying attention to what's going on. And the chickens kept phasing through players and disappearing. But I thought for what it was, that was really cool. Much better than I thought it was going to be for when they announced it. Because, uh, you know, I've, I've done some animation work myself. I could tell you how hard it is to do live animation, let alone on a live broadcast like that. Uh, and and then the motion capture they were using when Kevin Weeks was explaining some things in, in the Greece, where basically the mouth was moving in real time and all the movement looked very fluent. That was really cool too. So I'm excited to see what, you know, the NHL, ESPN, whoever decides to keep using this stuff. But uh, that was fun. That was enjoyable. Even if you have no idea what was going on, you know, they interviewed a cow at one point, but I thought that was just really cool to see all that stuff in action. Yeah, I agree. You know, in the NHL, I'm glad to see it shooting its shot here. I think it is borrowing a page, of course, from the Nickelodeon slime games in the NFL. And that's a wise decision. They're trying to grow the game in creative ways, make it more of just an open sport to people who don't necessarily normally consider hockey something that they gravitate toward. And this is a great way to do it. I saw a lot of anecdotal discussion on Twitter about people whose kids had never watched a hockey game, but they wanted to watch this entire one start to finish. And I do think they'll work out the kinks and the technology, so I hope they stick with it. Because yes, the NHL makes a lot of mistakes when it tries to do something different. It, it doesn't always get it right. The batting average isn't great, but once in a while you're gonna hit, you gotta keep trying. And I think this was a great success. So I agree with you, Steven. And that is it for today's episode of Daily Face Off Live. Thank you, Steven. Thank you, Tyler Remchek. Thank you, Ken Bolke. And thank you to our head of production, Alex Allard. We will be back tomorrow, of course, at noon Eastern. Until then, we have you covered on a busy news day at dailyfaceoff.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.